Oh, oh boy. Yeah. That's what I'm here for, sister. Okay, does anybody need the thankfulness handout? <laughs> like you need more things to laugh about with Fred in your life. <laughs> okay, all right. And yeah, yes, sir. My usual assistant is on crutches, so. Whoa. <laughs> thank you. Oh, oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Okay. Uh, all right. So uh, let's uh, look at. Uh, it's there, printed off there in your notes, but it's First Thessalonians five sixteen through eighteen. Rejoice evermore. Thank you, Richard. And uh, thank. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And, um, you know, this is something that I think we we all know. This is a teaching of the Bible that we, at all times we are to be thankful. And, and when it speci- specifically says in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And so we are literally to give thanks unto God in all things and at all times. And so. And I put there in, in that note, it says we are literally to give thanks unto God for all things. But that's a mistake. It should be in all things, in all situations, at all times. God is worthy of being praised and we should praise God. That's and, the, and, and even when you're in a less than desirable situation, God is is worthy of being praised. But also in the situation, a child of God should have faith that God is going to see me through this. And so that is how we're supposed to look at anything. So, so let's just uh, n- number one, we're going to, I'm just going to go through these quickly. Can you guys pray for me, please. <laughs> we are to be thankful for the good that we can see. Those are the blanks. We are to be thankful for the good that we can see. And that's God's blessings are too many to number, but just to name a few, uh, salvation, mercies, provision, protection, and there's so many more. But all good things that we can see, we should thank God for, for every good thing. And uh, I don't have the verse, but I think it's James. It says every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above. Every good thing in our life, God is the giver of it. There's not anything you can name that you that you have to be thankful for that God is not the source of that gift. And so we are to be thankful uh, for things we don't understand. That's number two. We're to be thankful for things that we don't understand. And I didn't spell out. For bad things or bad situations, because when good things happen, we don't by nature automatically say, Lord, I don't know why you sent this to me. I don't know why these good things are happening to me. Most of the time we don't question it. <laughs> good things. Hey, <laughs> even Christians are guilty of at times receiving good things from the Lord, but failing to acknowledge that God is the giver of good things. And so letter A, we often have. So, again, the thought is here. We are to be thankful for things that we don't understand. And and the context here is generally undesirable situations. So we we often have undesirable circumstances, even when praying for God's help or deliverance. And so that thought is you can be asking God for a specific result in a bad situation. And we cannot see that result. We could not see the, the thing that we would hope to see. And so the different things we see here, and I'm sure most of us have had situations where you're praying for someone and you're you're hoping that they will come through and you're praying that. But it doesn't always go the way we hope. And so, again, the, 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 the truth is, 
is we can thank God in those situations as well. God knows what he's doing. If you remember, there was uh, David when he was in the Old Testament, he had um, committed adultery with Bathsheba. There was a child that was born to him and uh, the Lord met uh, David. This is about a year, I believe, afterwards and uh, sent Nathan, the prophet, to tell him a parable about uh, how um, a man who had thousands of sheep, a, a wayfaring man, came to him and uh, he forbear to take one of his own sheep. And instead, he prepared his one neighbor, his neighbor's one little ewe lamb that uh, that slept in his <laughs> in his bed. And, and he fed him at the table, fed her at the table. And he and it says the neighbor took that lamb and prepared it for a wayfaring man. And David rose up and he says, the man who had done this thing is shall surely die. And Nathan, the prophet, had said, thou art the man. And so when David heard this, he said, I have sinned. And so God said, I have put away thy sin. Thou shalt not die. But the child, the child will die. And so David, David poured out his heart unto the Lord. He begged God to heal the baby and the baby passed. And so afterwards, he he rose up and he he had fasted. He had wept. He had, uh, you know, it was a very sad situation. And uh, and so anyway, the point is, is that that God knows best. There is another child in the Old Testament who is a son of an evil king. And God had warned this evil king over and over and over. And in this situation, he took the child of that home. And the reason why he took it was to spare the child. To spare the child the evil that he would see. The thing is, we can't see the future. God does. There are times, and so much more often than we can understand, there are times in which God does not give us that which we have asked, and it is a mercy that He did not give us what we asked. And so our place is to understand, when I don't understand, God is worthy of being praised. Loss of loved ones, unanswered prayers, misfortune, missed opportunities. And so of all the things in the Bible that I've read, Job exemplifies faith or response to bad things best. And it's here in your notes. We won't go over all this. I'll, I'll go through this and we'll get to the next part that we haven't talked about. But Job says in 121, naked, naked came I out of my mother's womb and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We're going to pick up on Job again in a minute. And so let her see no matter what shows up in our lives and everything we are to give thanks. So why? And that's where we are today. That's something that the world would ask. Why? Something bad has happened. Why should, I, should anybody give thanks? Because God is God and He knows what He's doing. That's the bottom line. The Lord knows what He is doing. However, I as, as a flawed human being, I can't turn my emotions off. I wish I could. <laughs> I'll just tell you, on the way to work this morning, I was discouraged and depressed. I don't know why. I just felt discouraged. And I could not, and I, I was even thinking, man, I, could, I wish I could just turn this off. Because you can't always explain it. You can't always give a reason for it. And listen, folks, you, listen, it, it could be some chemical imbalance in my brain, or it could be Satan. I, I don't know the difference from the feeling. So the point is, is you take it to God. You go to God and say, Lord, I can't help how I'm feeling. <laughs> and we're, we're, we're very flawed creatures. We are very, you know, just essentially broken. And the thing is, is as broken as I am, God is up to the task no matter what it is. And we take our situation to God and we trust him about it. 
That is the core of what it is meant to be, to be a child of God, trusting in God. You take your situation, you bring it to God, you trust him for the outcome. It doesn't mean I'm going to get what I want. That is a flawed mentality that's even common among Christians. I prayed for it, therefore I'm going to get it because that's what the Bible says. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible does say that if we ask anything according to his will, we know he hears us. And we have that which we have asked. In other words, Lord, help me be the man you want me to be. Help me to be a witness. Help me, help me in any way in which I can glorify you. God hears and does answer those prayers. But even those prayers aren't always answered the way we think they should be answered. Because we are fundamentally flawed. And so, <laughs> no matter what shows up in our lives, in everything we are to give thanks. Why? And so, God, the, the, number one here at the bottom here is God is moving and doing things we cannot see. It is for his glory and for our good and according to a plan that we only know from one small part. We all, I'm sure we all understand this being grown-ups here in this room, is we have a very small understanding of everything. We have only a minuscule Understanding, We have a microscopic sight. We're going to get more to that in a second here. But Patrick mentioned this verse last week. If you'd like to turn there with me in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. We're going to read a little bit more than just one verse. Romans 8, verse 28. I failed to get a cup of coffee. <laughs> uh, I'm going to... Thank you, Maxine. I appreciate it. <laughs> I left my coffee out in the car. And uh, then I had to take prayer requests. So... <laughs> Anyway, um, so Romans 8 chapter. Yes, oh well. I don't know. Preacher needs coffee. <laughs> this one does. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Thank you so much, Maxine. I appreciate it. Um, Romans 8, 28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, he also glorified. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Now this is an amazing passage. It is truly an amazing passage. Now, from a worldly perspective, when you read things like this, that means I automatically become the king of the world and get everything I want. That's not what it means, obviously. But what it does say is, is verse 28, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. And then you look on down at verse Verse 31, what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? And here's here's the bottom line of what this passage is teaching. God is not going to withhold any good thing from us. But God's understanding of what a good thing is. And my understanding of what a good thing is, is practically worlds apart. So the wonderful news here is that God, who actually knows all things and actually knows what's best all the time. And I only know a minuscule part with microscopic sight. God gives me from his view. 
what is actually best for me. And so when I ask for God for help, deliverance, strength, perseverance, all these things, God knows how to produce that in my life. Whereas I can only ask, Lord, you know, and generally, I know I'm not the only one. Lord, help me in this way. And but if I were to spell out exactly what I mean, what I mean is, Lord, give me what I hope for without any pain or struggle. <laughs> but listen, there's things in human nature that we that just in nature alone that teach us your muscles don't get stronger without exercise and generally the best kind of exercise for strength training and things like that is to push hard. I mean, as in, as in the hardest you can. You know, and, and my son, he, he does a lot of a lot of exercising, a lot of strength training and things like that. And so he's taught me a few things. I know almost nothing, but he's taught me a few things. In other words, if you if you want to increase the strength of a muscle group, you use it and you go to fail. In other words, you go to the point where you can't do anymore and you stop and then you repeat that and you stop. And then you give your muscles time to relax or rest and then you can go the next day. And so, listen, there's a lot of, we can learn from that for the spiritual realm. In other words, we hope God will do things with our lives, but we don't necessarily hope that it will involve pain or struggle. But that's almost exactly what it's going to require. Now, the thing is, is we see heroes like David and Joseph. And how did they become these heroes of faith? Through a lot of struggle and a lot of pain. You read the Psalms and David over and over and over will cry out about the struggle that he is having and how it is greater than he can understand. Far and above. And then, then there's his own sins and his own shortcomings. I thank God for the Psalms because they so often have met me where I am. And Lord, I need you to help me with my own shortcomings and failures and sins. And thank God that we have these things recorded for us, that God is able to help us to grow past our weaknesses. But it almost always involves struggle and pain that, that we would not wish for. But not God knows what he's doing. I remember looking back in so many years ago, many decades ago, and things that I was struggling with, they were, they were greater than I thought I could handle. <laughs> I, I, I laugh now, but man, I was not laughing then. You know, I, I would not, I will not ask for a show of hands, but I'm sure I'm not the only one that feels like your world has been ripped apart. Okay, thank you, sister. <laughs> uh, here's, here's the bottom line. God is doing things that we cannot see. He is using things that we very little understand. Maybe, maybe most of the time it's going to be things we don't understand at all. And yet at the same time, just like it says in First Thessalonians, in everything, give thanks. That's that's the part that we're meant to learn by faith. And maybe even somewhat we could say when you're not going through it is a good time to learn so that when you hit it, you have been learning that you know, I, I think often about basic training and how over and over and over they drill things into your head over and over and over and over. You know, <laughs> in the Navy, it was attention to detail, attention to detail. And, you know, I'm going to slam you. You're going to do a thousand pushups because you didn't fold your shirt right. And that that happens. <laughs> I got mashed in the middle of boot camp because the company commander realized that he hadn't noticed me before. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that he didn't notice me afterwards either. <laughs> Anyway, and that's a praise to God. I, I so often look back at, at boot camp and it's like, 
Everything that could have gone right for me went right. Every single time. It was amazing. And so all things work together for good to them that love God. And, and that He spares not any good thing for us. But the good things come often through trials and difficulties and errors or, or, or challenges. And the Lord Jesus said, in this life, you will have trials and tribulations. And yet we're often surprised or discouraged when they come. But they're coming. And thank God for the respites. Thank God for the rest. But they're coming. If, you, if you're not, the old saying of, if you're not in one now, you either came out of one or you're going in one. <laughs> God knows what he's doing. That's the bottom line. And so I have this note. If we do not receive the answer to our prayers that we ask, it's because God is giving something better. That is a truth that you can put your money on. If, if we do not receive the answer to our prayers that we ask, it is because God is giving something better. And thank God for answered prayers, but so often we do not get the answer we're looking for. God knows what's best. And you know, the thing is, as no matter where you are as a child of God, if you're a babe or a, a, a spiritual toddler or a spiritual adolescence or a spiritual whatever, God knows how best to teach our hearts and our minds. He knows exactly what we need. He knows when we need encouragement. He knows when we need rebuke. And let me tell you, we need rebuke far more than we need encouragement. And uh, so anyway, so on page two, uh, come on, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we turned a page. So you guys pray for me that we can finish. So um, in so this is getting back to Job at the top of uh, page two. And so the, the, the context of this is in the greater portion of the book of Job. So in the greater portion of the book of Job, Job spent a lot of time questioning God and assuming along with his three friends a great deal. And they were almost completely wrong in all counts. As you go through the book of Job, you know, in that beginning, Job had those two initial responses that were the right responses to, to, to terrible things happening. He said, the Lord is given and the Lord is taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And his wife, you know, she also was in this trial. You, can't, you cannot forget that. She also had lost 10 children. She also had gone through terrible loss. And so at one point, she basically says what Satan is hoping Job will say. Dost thou retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. And he says, thou speakest as one of foolish women speak. Shall we receive good at the hands of the Lord and not evil? The point being is if God gives us good, 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 and then something bad happens and you suddenly your faith falls apart, and you start cursing God. Well, that's a terrible thing. We should put our trust in God no matter what the season so here in your notes in Job 38, 1 through 3, this is, this is the Lord rebuking Job. <laughs> it says, Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge? Gird up now thy, thy loins like a man, for I will demand of thee and answer thou me. There is not a man on planet earth who could stand before this voice. Not one. Not, no matter who you are, no matter who you think you are, there is not a single person on planet Earth that could stand before God's voice when he says, who is this that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge? Do you know that's going on a lot, going on, a lot on planet Earth? People thinking they know, they know stuff. <laughs> and yet they, people assume they know things about God. They know things about why things are the way they are. Listen, folks, we, know, we can inform who our understanding is by what we can read in the Word of God. That's, that's the very place in which someone should start. 
You can find out about who God is. You can find out about humanity, who we are, by reading the Word of God. But listen, man should not assume he knows what God is doing. At any point, at any time, our place should be to to go to him without telling him what he should do. (laughs) So he says, gird up now thy loins like a man, for I will demand of thee and answer thou me. And so by the end of the book, this is my number two here underneath that. By the end of the book, God had worked all things for good for Job and for people, all people who will profit from Job's journey or Job's story. And let me read that again. By the end of the book, God had worked all things for good for Job and for all people who profit from Job's story. And, you know, I I think about this all the time that Job lost 10 children. He lost riches. He lost so much. I think an incalculable amount Job lost. But he profited the entire world through God working in this matter. And, and of course, you know, Satan was all over this matter. He was, you know, and, and God had started it by saying, have you considered my servant Job? He's an upright man, one who fears God and, and eschews evil. This, this man is, 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 is walking in the right way. And God says to Satan, have you, have you thought about Job? Have you considered my servant Job? And so listen, if God wants to do whatever he wants to do, our lives are for his purpose. The fact that I am alive on planet Earth is for the glory of God. In other words, whatever God should choose to do to accomplish his will in our lives, our lives belong to him. And if God wants to do something in mind of your life that will instruct others, whatever way God chooses to accomplish that, he's right. And he has chosen the, the best thing. And so by the end of the book of Job, you see how blessed Job is. God has given him more as far as riches and wealth and, and everything else that a man could hope for. And he gave him beautiful daughters. And it doesn't take away the, the, the or doesn't, you know, it doesn't, can't counterbalance the ten that he lost. But the point is, is God knew what he was doing even in that matter. And there's, there's all kinds of things about that. That we won't talk about now, but by the end of the story, excuse me, it was the root beer. <laughs> by the end of the book, God had worked all things for good for Job and for all people who profit from Job's story. So number two, our place is not to understand God's working, but to exercise faith and trust at all times. And so at all times is it adding there. Our place is not to understand God's working, but to exercise faith and trust at all times. I, I believe that's why Job, the people say it's the first book written. Regardless of that, it's, it's very important. The book of Job is very important for us to read and take into our hearts what God communicated to the human race through that. So number three, we are to be thankful for all that he is doing that we cannot see. We've already been talking about this concept, but we are to be thanking for, uh, be thankful for all that he is doing that we cannot see. So the, the way in which I, was, I meant the previous point was we're to be thankful even in bad situations. But God is doing things across the spectrum that we cannot see or understand. I mean, we have the Bible that tells us where a lot of things, what, what, what is going on in the spiritual realm in a lot of different ways. But there is there's literally a universe full of things we don't understand and God is moving. Thing is, we understand the nuts and the bolts of what God teaches us through the timeline going through the end of this age. 
But there's a whole universe of people and spiritual battles going on and we see none of it. I don't see what's what the spiritual forces of evil are doing and I don't see what the spiritual the angels and and the Holy Spirit. I can't see with my eyes. Now, there are people that are given a gift of discernment and they have, you know, some special way in which God might be helping them know how to pray or things like that. But for the most part, we are not witness to the spiritual realm and what is going on. God is witness to all of it. He is commanding it. You know, I, I, I appreciate how the Lord Jesus had said, you know, um, that he had 12 legions of angels that could have responded to his command at any time. That God has all the power, all the ability and all the forces at work. You know, the Bible talks in Revelation about how the, the archangel Michael and his angels fight with the devil and his angels and they overcome them. The, the Mike Angel, Mike, Mike Angel, Mike, uh, Angel Mark, I can't see, Archangel Michael leads the forces against Satan's forces and they destroy them. They are, they are beaten and Satan is cast into the, um, uh, the abyss for a thousand years. We read that these things are going to happen, but besides these things in the timeline, there's a world of the spiritual realm that we can't see with our eyes. And God is moving at all times. God is never at rest. And so the point of all this is that letter A is many of God's people do not uh, did not understand things based on what they could see with their eyes. But God was indeed working great things that man could not see in Habakkuk, uh, Habakkuk number one, verses one through five. It's here in your notes. I really want you to see see this. Habakkuk uh, 1, the burden uh, which Habakkuk the prophet did see. So this is the first verses of Habakkuk, okay? <laughs> o Lord, how long shall I cry, and thou wilt not hear? Even cry out unto thee of violence, and thou wilt not save. Why dost thou show me iniquity, and cause me to behold grievance? For spoiling and violence are before me, and there, there are that rise up, raise up strife and contention. Therefore the law is slacked. And government doth not, or judgment go, go, doth not, <laughs> judgment never, I can't read. Judgment doth never go forth. For the wicked doth compass about the righteous, therefore wrong judgment proceedeth. How does that sound to you guys? Huh? I'm sorry. Oh, okay. All right. So basically, a lot of injustice, a lot of evil happening in the world. And there doesn't seem to be an answer for it. <laughs> this is an extraordinary passage because you see this. And, and by the way, the, the, the Bible has accurately recorded the prophet's thoughts in his own words, in his own words, what he was seeing and experiencing. You see this, this crying out. There's another place. Uh, I think it's Psalm 73 where he begins saying, you know, uh, you know, I was I was envious at the wicked. Because he seems to be set up and I struggle every day, all day long. And yet the, the bad guy, he seems to be doing just fine. Now, listen, the, 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 the prophet, what you see in, in Psalm 73, please read Psalm 73 if you haven't read it recently, is God addressing these things. That, yes, the world will have those conditions. You will see evil in the world and you will see evil men prospering. Look at verse five. Verse five is God's response. 
<laughs> Behold ye among the heathen. And that's a key point there. Among the heathen. Why would you expect heathen to not act like heathen? <laughs> Behold ye among the heathen and regard and wonder marvelously. For I will work a work in your days, which ye will not believe, though it be told you. So God says, I will do something and I will do it in your days and you will see it. But you won't, but you won't believe it. You won't believe it, though I tell you it. Listen, God is doing things that if he were to lay it out for us, we would have a hard time comprehending it. Because God is that great and the things that he is doing is that great. Again, our understanding is microscopic. God is playing the long game and he is playing the short game. And God is going to win in them all. It's recorded for us. Satan is going to continue his battles and we will see the results of, of his efforts in the planet. We see them in the news today. We see them in the world all around us. I was asked to do a survey for Walmart. <laughs> so I filled out the survey. <laughs> see me wagging my... <laughs> I, I, listen, I was honest. They asked me about my visit and I told them it was, you know, it was good, but I, I don't care for all the pride stuff. I don't pray. I said, I'm a Christian. And I don't care for the LGBTQIA promotions everywhere. I said, it's not, it's not good for children and it's not good for anybody else. And why not let Walmart sell me what Walmart's supposed to sell me? Why don't you keep that stuff out of... Out of no, never mind. I, I, I'll get into a tirade. I don't need to do that. And so, yeah, go ahead. I got an email today from Glidden and it was basically lifting up Pride Month. So I Yeah. Pride. Yeah. <laughs> So, listen, that's the world we live in, but God is doing things. That's the point. That's what you see there in Habakkuk, is God is doing things that if he were to tell us, <laughs> we would have a hard time comprehending it. Again, the short game and the long game. Everything, God is involved. And the thing is, is here's, let me just tell you, a great deal of when we see evil seeming to go through the world uninhibited, a great deal of what I'm just telling you from what I have learned from my own observations from Scripture and from knowing God's character, a great deal of it is God is letting people choose. Throughout planet Earth, people are choosing for themselves. They will also live with the consequences in this life and in eternity. And let me let me tell you, I, I cannot thank God enough for every time I've heard a story of an addict of, of an alcoholic sometime in which God has seen them out of that. And they have been able to testify of the grace of God to rescue them from something they were not able to get themselves out of. So the point is, is God is, is indeed rescuing people. But you know what? People have to want it. God will not force himself or his grace on anyone on planet Earth. You, you see it in the scriptures. God will offer and offer and offer and offer. And people are, are at liberty to turn away and do. And so listen, God is working in, a, in, a, in an incredible way. So let her be. This is pretty much what we've been talking about. Let her be here in your notes. Our understanding is microscopic. And there's a vast universe where God is working against an unseen foe. We should not think that things will always make sense to us. And I'm writing these things down because these are the things I feel like God is helping me with. 
Our understanding is microscopic and there is a vast universe where God is working against an unseen foe. We should not think that things will always make sense to us. And so letter I underneath that God does not try, does not often, I, I should have put often try to explain things to us. We cannot perceive or begin to understand. So we are commanded to walk by faith and not by sight. And that verse is second Corinthians five, seven walk by faith, not by sight. So the thing is, no matter what you see on planet Earth, what, no matter what you see in America, in the news or on the Internet, God is the faithful God that he has always been and always will be. It's his character. <laughs> God cannot be anything but the holy God that he is. Mankind as his creation created in his image and yet given free will. And listen, for a lot of people, you give them enough rope, they hang themselves. It's not because God did not give them a way out. It's because people are deceived. And that's and we've been talking about this Sunday with the uh, the um, the um, the uh, the Samaritan and the, the man taken among thieves. And uh, the truth is, is there's a great deal of people on planet Earth who are deceived. They have been deceived. And listen, people are so far from God now that. A lot of a lot of the most basic things that I grew up understanding because everybody understood it. It's far from them. They, they don't know the, the smallest thing about about spiritual truth or the word of God. You know, when I was a kid, everybody knew John three sixteen, But now you can meet people who don't know who Jesus is. And so the truth is, is people are being deceived. They are being deceived and they are far from God. But it's still you can't get so far from God that he can't reach you. And that's the truth that we have to keep in the center of our hearts and minds is that there is hope for anybody as long as you're alive. As long as you are drawing breath, you can fear God. And, you know, there's a lot of people that as far as they are from God, they, they can understand that thought of being concerned about meeting God someday. Even if they don't even understand God, they can be concerned about about the fact that they're going to face the judge of the universe. And so, um, God, again, God does not often try to explain thing, uh, to us things we cannot perceive or, or begin to understand. So we are commanded to walk by faith and not by sight. So let her see, even when we experience tragedy or unjust circumstances, it cannot counterbalance God's goodness and fa- faithfulness to us all. And I think as you've walked with the Lord longer, you understand better that God is always good. And there's never a time in which he's not good. But we live in a sinful world. And so there's a great deal of what we see people exercising their free will at the cost of others. And we see that in America today. And it's heart it's heartbreaking seeing people, you know, and, and, and anyway, I won't get off into that. So number four is despite all this, God does communicate to his people that he is with them. It's the most extraordinary truth. <laughs> Despite all this, God does communicate to his people that he is with them. Hebrew, this, is, this is just some beautiful verses I want to share with you. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 and 6. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee so that we may boldly say the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> The Lord has said, you know, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. 
so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. And so I have this note underneath that because the Lord is with me, I can be content no matter my circumstances. That is a spiritual truth that every child of God can have and stand on that no matter what my circumstances are, God is with me. That's that is the wealth that I have. You know, and, and folks, I think, again, even Christians struggle with this, that having Christ as your savior is riches that the world cannot comprehend. To have Jesus Christ in your heart, in your life every day is a great gift, is, is a gift beyond understanding. And to have the Holy Spirit as a teacher, a convictor, a comforter. God has given his spirit and put it inside of me. And so that everything I face, I do not face alone. God faces it with me and has given me the grace to understand that I can cast all of my burdens on him for he cares for me. And faith accesses the truth and teaches it to my heart and to my mind. And God can give me the grace in the moment. <clears throat> Letter B, Matthew twenty-eight twenty. the last. Let's go ahead and turn so I don't read just... I don't like reading just a portion, but this is the portion that applied. So that's why I put it there. 28 verse 20. This is. Um, OK, verse 19. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me, let me read uh, verse 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. I love it when the Lord spells something out just like that. I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. So until you actually meet the end of the world, <laughs> the Lord Jesus has said, I am with you. And there's nothing that you will face apart from me. Listen, folks, that is that is meant to be the comfort that we will face. We can face anything. You know, I, I thank God for the story of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego when the king of the world said, you do what I say or I'm going to throw you in a fiery furnace. When when the king of the world says that, then they could say. We're not going to worship your gods. <laughs> and, and, you know, they, they were pretty bold, too. And, and, and so then Nebuchadnezzar, his visage changed and he was enraged. And he said, heated up seven times more than it's supposed to be heated. <laughs> and they and they opened the door and it slew the guys that were throwing them in. And uh, Shadrach, Meshach, Meshach and Abednego walked out. What would I do if I didn't have that recorded for me in the Bible? I am so thankful that God gave me Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and gave me this, this, this treasure for me to hold on to for when I am in trouble. So Psalm 23, we're finishing up here. Yea, though I walk, this is a, please read all of Psalm 23 if you haven't read it recently. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And again, you know, it's hard to understand that until you're there and God gives you that kind of grace that he gave David to write that. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I have this verse, uh, Isaiah 41, 10 through 13. I want to read to you real quick. Uh, Isaiah 41. Very thankful for these verses. 
Fear not, fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not, be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Behold, all they that were incensed against thee shall be ashamed and confounded. They shall be as nothing, and they that strive with thee shall perish. Thou shalt seek them and shalt not find them, even that them that contended with thee. They, uh, they that war against thee shall be as nothing and as a thing of naught. For, the, for I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. It's a beautiful thought, thinking of the Lord taking your hand in his hand and say, Don't be afraid. I am with you. I, I have felt like the Lord communicated that to my heart when I was, you know, at a dark time and in a, in a, in a, a moment of terror. I have felt like the Lord took my hand in his hand and said, don't be afraid. <laughs> you know, that voice, that voice. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Sister, it probably is for you. <laughs> I think it is. Uh, fear not, for I am with thee. And then there's other verses which I didn't write down. Peace, be still. The precious verses. And then the Job 23, 8-10, it's here in your notes. And this is Job. When he's in the middle of the darkness, he's in the middle of the things, he says, Behold, I go forward, but he is not there. And backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand, where he doth work, but I cannot behold him. He hide himself, hideth himself on the right hand that I cannot see him. But he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. And this is one of those moments, one of those nuggets that God gave Job through the darkness that he experienced to have this truth. He knows the way that I can't see him, but he knows the way I'm taking. And when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. That's what God is doing that we cannot see. In Ecclesiastes 7 verse 8, this is where we'll end. Better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. Better is the end of a thing than than the beginning thereof. Brother Alvin. I like the fact that that teaches us these things where it's better than really good to take. Took care of life. Mm-hmm. And Amen. Really well, so we say, oh yeah, okay, it's going to come up for us too. It might not. It might not. And then this thing where they're going to throw them in the fiery furnace. I like I pray constantly that I'll have that same Amen. answer that he had or they had when they said, my God is capable of doing this. Yeah. If you choose not to do it, it don't matter. I still pray. Amen. Yeah. And that's the way I want, I, I want to have that same thing there. Amen. Because like with Mary here and myself, we, we have this problem and, and the same problem. Relatives had the same problem. They took part along. I was concerned about it, but God, whatever happens, I mean, He gives, He gives me this grace. Amen. To deal with things. I, I always wondered, like I've heard about missionaries. The guy, this communist leader, says, "If you don't denounce Christ, we're going to run over your children across the street here with a steamroller thing." He went over there. Kissed him goodbye and went over there. He did not denounce Christ, and they run over his children. Right mm-hmm. I says, I pray that I'll have that kind of grace. Yeah. When the stuff hits the fan, yes, like the little kids at Columbine. You Christian? Yes. Right. No, I mean, I'm serious. When when it comes to that point, 
mean, I, I, I hope I've got it now. I hope I've got mm. it now because I, it could happen yeah. any time. So it's like. Yeah, it happens everywhere. People are facing that overseas, yeah, yeah. Else, elsewhere. And it, it'll be here soon. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's like, but the, the little things in life that we face, which seems like mountains right mm -hmm. now, this whole thing, God's got this. Yeah. God's got this. I, that's what I said before. I, I said, God's got this. I'm concerned about it. Yes. But what am I going to do about it? If I, if I pass, God's got a reason for that. If I live, He's got a reason for that. Amen. It's, it's, I don't know. I, I, I feel comfortable. I mean, this is, this is that thing I think that God tells us. You can have joy. Amen. You can have joy in spite of your situation. Right. And that's what I feel. I feel like God's good. Yeah. He's been so good to me in the past. Why would he drop the ball now? He's not going to. Amen. I, 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 I can't see him doing it. He's not. Whatever, whatever. Well, and it's like the Bible says, these things are written for our learning. Yeah, yeah. That we are meant to learn from every single one of these situations that God is faithful. Yeah. Well, they got this thing in the Bible about the streaked paper, gold, and all this. Mm -hmm. I don't care. I don't care if they got gold up there. What are you going to do with it? Well, it's not gold like what we have, because there it's transparent gold. Yeah, yeah. So it's a Whatever far it league beyond what we even understand. It's all, it's all <laughs> and that's pavement. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the true value is in is in the Lord, you know, and He has things waiting for us that are beyond our ability to imagine. And so uh, just, just finishing up here. So we read Ecclesiastes, better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. And the last note is, this is doubly true for those following Christ. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah, got it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so praise the Lord for this truth. And, and again, you know, we'll, we'll never know just the impact of what it means to walk with the Lord and praise Him when people can't see a reason for outwardly being thankful to God for His goodness. So, listen, we do shine brighter when people don't see why. We shine brighter when, when people think that we should be mourning or we should be, you know, experiencing anything but, but confidence and joy in the Lord. And Nehemiah uh, says, I think it's Nehemiah 10, it says, For the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And so, again, and I'm like Albie, you know, I, I, I pray for God to help me to be the man he wants me to be, whatever the day holds. And God knows. God knows what the day holds. And so uh, our place is to be thankful. Be thankful in all things. Okay, let's go ahead and close in prayer. Thank you, Lord, for this time we've had. Thank you for the truth that we read in your word about who you are and how you are with us. And you'll never leave us or forsake us. We, uh, we, we so, so treasure this truth, Lord, that you are never going to leave us. And we thank you for that. We do lift up to you uh, all these prayer requests were mentioned. We pray for Miss Mary that you please give her the faith and confidence to face, uh, face this and, and see her through it. We pray. And please bless all the needs were mentioned. Bless everyone to get home safely tonight. We do pray for the Biggs family and for uh, uh, Jamel Harvey and her family. 
Please be with these, we pray. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you.